This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for a bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And I'm Eric. And this is episode 315, Your Hometown Urban Legends. Oh, we did it. The year is over. Thank goodness. Congrats. Well, uh, that being said, there is another bonus Urban Legends coming out in just a few days for patrons um, on New Year's Eve. So you can finish your year with spirits in style. But y'all, I'm really excited. We have some exciting stuff planned in 2023. We're going to have some great new episodes. We're going to have guests on hometowns from time to time. Shocking thought. I'm excited for that. See how people react to the important questions like orange ghosts, Cheeto or no, and uh, plumbing and team ignorant or team engage. So I'm looking forward to it. We can find out so many different senses people don't want to experience ghosts via. Yeah. I can't wait. I bet we have some friends who are just like, yeah, man, I just want to like, I want to taste a ghost. I bet we have friends who want to taste a ghost. I bet we have some weird, freaky friends who do indeed want to taste a ghost. But guys, do you want to get right into it? Because I saw this email come through uh, during the spookiest month of October and thought, yeah, I'm reading this next time. Oh, gosh. Hit us with it. We got to. This is from Marissa, she, her, and it is titled Haunted Hallway and Hot Spring Plus Premonitions of Love. Ooh. Dearest Amanda, Julia, and Eric, love the podcast, and I regularly tell spooky friends to listen to. I've wanted to write in my own stories for a while, but I could never decide what order to tell them in or where to start. So here we are, and I'll just dive right in. Good strategy, Marissa. Yeah. All right. One, haunted hallway. I live with my husband, Clyde, and also our dog and two cats in the house that my husband and I purchased just a few years ago. We weren't able to have the wedding we planned on for April 2020 for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But we instead put that wedding money toward a down payment on our 1940s craftsman style home that we love. Oh, I'm so jealous. Craftsman style is my favorite. What a dream. Of course, I have listened to all of the haunted house stories that fellow conspirators have shared, so I was nervous, excited, to find out if our new home came with any existing occupants. While I have not met any ghostly apparitions or heard anything go bump in the night, I'm pretty sure one of my cats, Lilith, may have. Ooh. Julia, what's the what's the vibe on naming a cat Lilith, do you think? Uh, I feel like you're inviting that cat to be a little <laughs> bit of a chaos demon, and yeah. that's fine. You know, some cats just have to live their truth. That's a choice, and you know what? I respect it, because I don't have to sleep with Lilith, you know, needing things from me in the middle of the night. Also, if Lilith isn't like a pure black cat, I don't know what you're doing. That's true. We we would love photos of Lilith, uh, Marissa, if you feel like it. We haven't been getting pictures of pets lately. We had a big run of them like a few years ago, and then they they have ceased to appear. I see no I see no paper clips next to our email subjects in the inbox. You're right, because no one's sending us pictures of their cats and dogs and yeah. cats and birds 
and other animals. Yeah. We got pigs once. I don't think we've gotten any lizards, but I sure want to. Conspirators, let 2023 be the year of sending us photos of your pets or, frankly, just pets you've seen out in the world yeah. uh, with your urban legends. Thank you, you saw a cow? Send us a picture of it. Yeah! My sister has a couple lizards, so I actually do get lizard pictures somewhat often. Oh, lucky. <laughs> People have been great about tagging us in photos of where they are when listening to spirits, particularly when it's like the woods at night or a misty field. And listen, if you pass some goats or horses or something on your walk, let us know. Yeah. All right, back to Marissa. My husband works nights and usually gets home around 2.15 a.m., leaving me with our pets in the house alone until he returns. Several nights around midnight, Lilith will get up from lounging on the couch or bed and run enthusiastically up and down the hallway. Sounds like normal cat behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's also what I thought until she started to sit in the corner of the hallway and meow slash yell at the wall for about 10 minutes at a time. <sighs> When she started doing this, I would get up and go check if there was a bug she was chasing or something else to explain the yowling. But so far, I have not been able to find any explanation. Following your advice to be polite to potential spirits, I've addressed the unknown object of my cat's attention. One night, I waited for Lilith to do her normal hallway running and subsequent corner yelling. When I heard her loud meows, I went into the hallway and told the spirit I was fine if they wanted to hang out and play with my cat, but to please be polite and ask her not to be so loud if anyone was trying to sleep. <laughs> Lilith has since had fewer, quote, conversations with her spirit friend, but I'll definitely update you if there are any new developments. Incredible. Logic answer, you probably have like a mouse or something living in your wall that you just can't hear the scratching of and the cat can. <laughs> I do like, however, that the <laughs> that if it is a spirit or a ghost, they were like, all right, we have to whisper to the cat if the cat and I are going to have a conversation. Yeah. Like cat, we're on thin ice. I want to keep playing with you. You want to keep playing with me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it down. Yeah. That's adorable and very, very sweet. This is story number two. I forgot that there was multiple stories to this one. Yes, excellent. Oh, yeah. This one is titled Haunted Hot Spring. And folks, I'm giving you in Slack a link Ooh. that has been included with this email. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yes. yes. When I was a preteen, my grandma's longtime best friend, Linda. Grandmas always have a best friend named Linda, don't they? I feel like so many old ladies were named Linda. It was just a good old lady name back then. I know. Again, thinking about millennial ghosts, by the time we get there, all our friends are going to be named like Becky yeah, and Brittany. Amanda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ashley. There's going to be a lot of ghosts named Ashley. Oh, my God. Yeah. So many grandma Ashley. And like there's going to be so many that like just one initial at the, for the last name is not going to be helpful. <laughs> like it is in elementary school and there's like seven Ashleys in your grade. Yeah. Now they're all named like Olivia. When I was a preteen, my grandma's longtime best friend Linda needed help clearing furniture and sentimental family belongings out of an old resort property called White Sulphur Springs Ranch that her family owned in the small town of Cleo in Northern California, yes. a few hours drive from where we lived. What a dream to be called to help clear out like a heirloom family property. Amazing. Yeah. And like probably get to take pieces if you want them. Oh my God. You know it, Julia. Yeah. My grandparents and parents took our trucks and trailers up to help and brought me along. At the peak of its popularity with a literal Olympic-sized hot spring pool, White Sulphur Spring Ranch hosted many fancy and famous people, including Marilyn Monroe. Ooh. Oh. At the time of our visit, however, it had been in need of updating and repairs for several years. Following a death in the family, they were preparing to sell the property. There was a lot to do, so we all stayed the night after loading up the important items that the family wanted to keep and planned to drive back home the next morning. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Julia, you don't approve of this plan? No, no. Just make the trip. <laughs> make the trip. Yeah. Sleep in shifts. Have somebody. Definitely haunted. Exactly. 
Not good. Also, I feel once you've emptied the spot out, isn't it going to be much more echoey? And I feel like I personally would just be so jumpy. Yeah. And I mean, it's in need of repair. So probably like it's not in good shape. It's probably not honestly safe for people to be sleeping in there. But what do I know? I just married a building inspector. Julia, <laughs> you are so well qualified to pass judgment on these people's houses. My mom, stepdad, and I all stayed in one room that had an attached bathroom. My mom and stepdad slept in the bed, and I slept on a large lounge-style couch thing that, like everything else there, looked quite vintage. Cool. In the middle of the night, I woke up and had to use the bathroom. When I sat up, I could see through the doorway to the bathroom, and to my surprise, there was a woman I didn't know standing between me and the bathroom door. Oh, God. That's a bad place to see a ghost, too. Yeah. It's like, I gotta get in there. It's 3 a.m. I gotta go. And now there's a ghost in my way? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Sometimes on a road trip when we like pull into a rest stop and there's like a bunch of kids or like a lovely, you know, old lady standing between me and the bathroom. In my head, it's like I'm in Mario Kart and have to like desperately surpass the others while not being a dick or knocking anybody over. This feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. The lady was wearing a long, older style dress that was all one color. I think light blue. She seemed to fit right in with the decor and vibe of the whole hotel. But she wasn't doing or saying anything, just standing there with a sweet expression on her face as we looked at each other. I remember thinking, like, what the heck? What's this random lady doing here? And why am I not afraid of her? I'd heard ghost stories before, of course, but they were always scary stories with malevolent beings. This lady was the opposite of scary. The only feelings I was getting from her were calming and very natural, like she belonged there and I was the one intruding on her space. Now, even though I didn't feel any threat from her, I keenly felt the inherent threat of a full bladder. (laughs) I didn't speak out loud to her because I didn't want to wake my mom and stepdad up who were still asleep in the bed only a few feet away from me. I did, however, think in her direction. Sorry, I really have to go to the bathroom. Can I please walk by you? And got up to start walking. Still smiling, she gracefully moved aside when I approached her. Polite. I walked past her to the bathroom and closed the door to do my business before returning to my makeshift couch slash bed. When I came back to the bedroom, the lady was gone. Okay. I remember being disappointed I didn't get to see her again and regretting not asking her who she was. When we were having breakfast the next morning, I asked Linda if there were any stories of ghosts at the hotel. To my surprise and delight, Linda said, yes. (laughs) That's exactly how Linda would have said it. Thank you. Thank you. Like, you nailed it. You really nailed Linda. I'm doing a lot of character work here for Linda. Yeah. She pointed to another area of the room and directed me to look through a whole stack of guest logs and journals where previous guests had recorded the events of their stays. Apparently, I am not the only person to meet the lady in blue, as well as other resident ghosts. There were a handful of these journals chronicling decades of encounters. I was so relieved. Nobody thought I had lost my mind. And in the journals, I found confirmation that I hadn't dreamed up the encounter. That's incredible. Oh, my goodness. Breaking news! I just got off the phone with my grandma. (gasps) I called her while writing you to make sure I had the name of the hotel correct. And she told me two things that you need to know. Oh, my gosh. Bringing a lot of Linda energy to our to our writer. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate you calling your grandma to fact check. Uh, Marissa, you are doing the best and I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. We stand a fact checking fan. (laughs) Yes. First, she told me she didn't remember my ghost encounter story, but she did know of the journals. She thinks the journals were donated to a local library or museum and promised to ask Linda about where they went the next time she sees her. Oh, that's cool. All right, Marissa, it's been uh, eight weeks since you wrote in. Uh, We're going to expect an update. Got it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will try to track these journals down and report back. Second, she told me she too met a ghost only a few years prior to my story. Oh, snap. Apparently, she and my grandma stayed at a documented haunted hotel in small town Oregon, but she couldn't remember the name of the town. 
The hotel had at one point been a brothel, and many people reported meeting the ghosts of the ladies that worked there, including the lady in the frilly red dress that my grandma saw walking down the hallway of the second story from one room to another. Nice. Thank you for sparking the opportunity to share these stories with my grandma. She also wants to listen to your show now, so I'll be downloading some episodes for her the next time I visit. Yay. Nice. Marissa's grandma, if you're listening, you gotta get in touch. You can email us, spiritspodcast at gmail.com. All right. So, Amanda, you sent me the website for this White Sulphur Springs Ranch, right? Yes, I did. What I'd like to point out to everyone is in order to, like, fund and, like, fundraise for this historic site, because it is a historic site, we can buy a brick. We can buy a brick and inscribe it. I was looking at all these proud sponsors like oh. uh, High Sierra Gas, Ooh. Joy Engineering, <laughs> Gumba's Family Pizza Restaurant. <laughs> I did see that one. That was very cool. That's what I thought you were going to talk about. The brick is much more exciting. Julia, how much is the brick? I don't know. I'll find out. But it is tax deductible and we can have it inscribed with the, whatever we want to say on it. Finally. I mean... If it's less than a couple hundred bucks, I think we have to buy a brick. Ooh, okay. So it is for one four by eight brick, $100. For one eight by eight brick, $200. Yes. Let's get a brick. Do you think we could just put the like Spirits logo on a four by eight brick and then have it there? It's a really good question. I think we'll probably have to be constricted to writing. So new plan. Patrons, we'll put a poll up on Patreon. We'll have a few options of messages we could put on the brick. It could be a stay creepy, stay cool. It could be a, like, be nice to your local ghosts. It could be, uh, we have to think about it. Mm -hmm. But we will make the poll for patrons. If you want to vote, become a patron. And we'll have the poll close in the first few days of January. Uh, So we can decide what to put on this brick and donate to the uh, White Sulphur Spring Ranch. Heck yeah. I love it. I do think it's important to, uh, to point out that the program where you buy a brick is called Brick by Brick. Like, like like purchasing a brick. Ooh. Quite good. Incredible. They also do have some custom artwork that they can put on for you, which is yes! extremely good. There's a star, a sun, a heart, a bear. I think whatever we do, we pick the United States Army logo. <laughs> <laughs> naturally, naturally. We'll get in touch. We'll see if, uh, if the larger size brick can accommodate our logo, because I think that would be tight as hell. Yeah, yeah. All right, great. I'm going to save the premonitions of love story for the Urban Legends episode coming out in a few days time. So uh, thank you, Marissa. You've truly opened up a world of possibility for us. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Well, Amanda, I you're saving that, but I have an update from a previous email from our last episode. Is it my birthday? No, it's simply the last Urban Legends episode of the year. And we wanted to make it special. This is from, as you might remember, Eva and her sister, Kara. And this is update more on the orangey guy. Yes. As you'll recall, the orangey guy was Eva's sister, Kara's imaginary friend slash imaginary enemy. Hell yeah. Hi, Amanda, Julia, and Eric. I am writing in with additions slash corrections to my story because apparently my family and my sister have notes. So this section is from Kara. Despite what Eva said, the orangey guy (laughs) was never an imaginary friend, but more of a reoccurring character in my dreams, as well as an unsettling presence throughout my childhood. Whenever I was alone, I felt like he was behind me, watching me. I remember often at dinner, I sat with my back turned against a wall, and one night especially, I had this overwhelming feeling that he was there. In my dreams, however, he was very friendly in an odd way, though— 
I had dreams of doing everyday things, but with the help of the RNG guy. I didn't want his help, and I wanted him to leave me alone, but in my dreams, I couldn't say anything about it. He'd help me put away my laundry, which is weird because of the obsession with the laundry room, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Or there was another time that I had a dream about going to a play place with a daycare, and he was there to check us in. Other times, my dreams would involve him trying to steal me away. There would be a loud banging, like Eva's sleep paralysis footsteps, and then he would show up to take me away. But he never succeeded because I would wake up just in time. Also, he didn't really have a look. He was more like a soft orange silhouette. When he did have a look, quote-unquote, he looked kind of like a Ken doll, just a normal guy blending in with society, but shiny and chiseled and orange, which is very funny. It's a very funny image. He would start talking to me and then my heart would sink because once he started talking to me, I knew it was him, like his presence was hostile and eerie. Eva continues, that was from Kara. I let her steal my laptop away so that you could hear her authentic voice and opinion on the situation. (laughs) Apparently, she remembers everything about him, so don't hesitate to ask us questions. She will likely have an answer. Anyways, thanks for sharing our story. Stay creepy, stay cool, Eva and Kara. Do we have any following questions about the orangey guy because i know we were imagining him as gritty but now chiseled orange ken doll is instead the image that we should have in our heads here i mean that's even creepier Mm -hmm. it's like a model got cheeto blasted (laughs) which i think is pretty fabulous uh who's the like big orange man in little tiny shorts with like a short short haircut from pop culture Hold on. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Who's the big <laughs> orange man? Big orange little man. tiny shorts. Little tiny blue shorts. Blue shorts. And like a like a, a ear length bowl cut. He's blonde. Is he a wrestler? Can you give us a location he might be seen in? There are action figures of him. So I think he might have been a cartoon He-Man? character. Stretch Armstrong? He-Man. He-Man. Yes. Okay. 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 The action figure got me there, Amanda. Thank you yeah, for that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Action figure was helpful. Yeah. That's um. That's what I'm picturing. Okay. Yeah. Did they say how big it was? Was it the size of an action figure or was it like a child size, like dress up Cinderella type size plastic figurine no i think she just said like he was he looked like a ken doll in that he was just a normal guy blending in with society but also shiny and chiseled okay so full-size man full-size plastic man yeah doctor who season one episode Mm -hmm. one yes of the reboot i'm thriving on this i was in philadelphia a few weeks ago and saw a lot of gritty merch irl Mm -hmm. and would just yell the word gritty uh, whenever I saw it, and then all of Philadelphia would go, woo! <laughs> the entire city in one go, woo! Yeah. I'm even more committed uh, to my gritty uh, fanon. And I'm just going to say, listen, if you and your siblings want to play out some arguments and uh, pleasant drama on our podcast, we are entirely here for it so long as it comes with the stories. So I'm just a huge fan of this whole situation, and uh, I want it to continue. I also want to point out the way that Kara mentioned that In her dreams, when he was trying to steal her away, there would be the banging much like Eva's sleep paralysis footsteps. I'm so curious if Eva was like hearing the percussions or like reverberations of Kara's dreams where the orangey man was trying to steal her away. I'm I'm so curious that these like two things are connected. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, let's head on in to the kitchen for a quick refill and then come back for more Urban Legends. Let's do it. Hey, this is Julia. 
and welcome to the refill. I have been thinking a lot about the things that I like about winter, because I'll be honest with you, I don't like the short days, I don't like the cold all that much, but I do love being cozy. And so I'm trying to bring that coziness into all aspects of my life as it gets colder and colder here in the East Coast of North America. I want to welcome everyone who is listening to Get Cozy and settle in with me for this refill, including our newest patrons, Peyton, Geogrun, Steph, Ingrid, Catherine, Kaylin, Amber, and Katie. Welcome. There's blankets and a warm drink that you can settle in and enjoy by the fire. Also already by the fire, and by fire, I mean our Patreon are our supporting producer-level patrons, Alicia, Anne, Brittany, Sakuna Makalata, Daisy, Fruity Chick, Hannah, Jack Marie, Jane, Jessica Stewart, Nieselkins, Lily, Megan Moon, Nathan, Phil Fresh, Rico Like, Captain Jonathan Malachi Cosmos, Sarah Scott, Spooky Lore, and Zazie, and of course, our legend-level patrons who are the Hestia to our cozy, warm fireplace, Ariana, Audra, Bex, Chibiokai, Clara, Ginger Spurs boy, Morgan, Sarah, Schmitty, and Bia Me Up Scotty. And you too can join in on the warmth that is our Patreon by going to patreon.com slash spirits podcast. Our monthly Patreon, yes, we switched to monthly in case you haven't been listening to our mid-rolls, means that you can sign up. It is super easy. Your tier is what you pay each month. It's simple. It's awesome. And if you want more Urban Legends episodes each month, all patrons now have access to our monthly bonus episodes, plus dozens that we've posted over the years. You can enjoy new benefits like our tarot drawings, bonus video advice podcasts, and even more chances to connect with us. And if you want to get a whole year of Patreon support at a discount, you can sign up now for an annual plan. All that and more at patreon.com slash spiritspodcast. And for a recommendation this week, I'm actually going to throw it over to Eric after we finish up here in the refill. He has something exciting to tell you guys about and recommend to you. So wait around and listen for that. Also, if you love movies, you should be checking out the Queer Movie Podcast here on the Multitude Collective. The Queer Movie Podcast is a queer movie watch party hosted by Rowan Ellis and Jazza John. And also I edit it, so uh, I think it's pretty good. You can join them as they research and rate their way through the queer movie canon one genre at a time. From rom-coms to slashers, contemporary art house cinema to black and white classics, Queer Movie Podcast is a celebration of all things gay on the silver screen. They have new episodes every other Thursday. Check them out wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. The thing is, life can be hard. I think you know that. I think I know that. And it would be so much easier if I could simply ask for help. If there was a guidebook, like a video game on how to defeat the bosses in my life. And by bosses, I mean anxiety, depression, and ADHD. I would love to know the cheat codes to life itself, but life doesn't have cheat codes. It's very frustrating. So when life is not working for you, it's normal to feel kind of stuck, like getting stuck on a boss level in a video game. And navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it is career change or a new relationship or becoming a parent. But therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine that you call you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapist. It's convenient and accessible anywhere 100% online. 
I know for me, therapy has really helped me kind of learn these coping mechanisms that make getting through life a little bit easier, whether it is dealing with the frustrating worst case scenario brain that I have or dealing with the fact that sometimes my brain just simply does not want to feel motivated to do work. My therapist and I have talked through the best ways of dealing with all of those things. And as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has met 3 million people with professional, licensed, and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com spirits. That's betterhelp.com spirits. One of the things that I was never particularly good at in school and kind of in life in general, even though I found them really, really interesting, was stuff like math and science and computer science. And so going into my adult life, I think I'm a lifetime learner. And so I wanted to learn more about science and computer science and math and Brilliant.org is the best way to learn about these things. Brilliant has thousands of lessons with new ones added every single single month. And even if you don't consider yourself a lifelong learner, maybe you're a, a young professional who's interested in the skills or knowledge that can help you grow in computer science, or maybe you're a casually curious person who wants to explore cool new ideas and find new hobbies, Brilliant has a bunch of different classes for you. One of the classes that I think really helps me in the fact that I want to learn more about science, but I just don't really get science sometimes, they have a class that's just all about scientific thinking, like literally getting your brain into the space where it can think about science in a way that people who are professional scientists do. And I really, really love that class. And I think it's really important to learn the fundamentals or at least get yourself re-familiar with the fundamentals. And Brilliant is a great, great way to do that. So to get started for free, you can visit brilliant.org spirits or click on the link in the description. The first 200 spirits listeners will get 20% off Brilliant's annual premium subscription. Again, that is brilliant.org spirits. And the first 200 of you will get 20% off Brilliant's annual premium subscription. Check it out. Brilliant. If you're spending time with loved ones for the holidays, chances are you're going to be hearing a lot of stories, the ones you love to hear, the ones you've heard too many times. But have you ever wanted to help your loved ones document these timeless stories? It can be challenging to write an entire book of life memories, but StoryWorth makes it fun and easy. This is how anyone can write a book about their life. Every week, StoryWorth will email your loved ones a single life-related question that you can pick from their collection, like, what is the bravest thing you You've ever done or what's the farthest you've ever traveled? All they have to do is reply with a story and then after a year, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories, memories, and even any photos into an exquisite hard-covered book creating a valued keepsake. I have given StoryWorth to several family members at this point. My mother-in-law, who makes a living basically doing reminiscing, loved her StoryWorth and I got it from my grandma a couple of years back as well and she had so many fascinating and 
wonderful stories that she included, which I had never heard before because I just didn't know what questions to ask. And StoryWorth's prompts really helped create a way for me to hear these stories when I would have never thought about it in the first place. And millions of stories have already been told with StoryWorth because they make the process so simple. Get started with your loved one for the holidays. And before you know it, you'll both be cherishing these timeless stories for generations to come. Help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. Go to storyworth.com slash spirits today and save $10 off your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash spirits to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash spirits. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for a bigger job, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. And now, let's get back to the show. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. As you might have heard in the mid-roll, I have a recommendation this week. Ooh. Kelsarpreez. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't understand foreign languages, which ties in perfectly to my recommendation. <laughs> Whoa. Which is the show, 1899. From the creators of Dark. Now, I know Amanda, too spooky for Dark or reversed. But 1899, way less creepy. Definitely has got creepy vibes at times, but is not creepy. Is about a bunch of people. I think over the course of the show, eight different languages are spoken. Wow. So be sure, uh, unless you need to, uh, watch it in the original languages with subtitles. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense when everyone's speaking English and they're like, I don't understand what you're saying in English (laughs) back to another person speaking English. It's really good. I bring it up on Spirits because it's got a lot of really interesting stuff going on about who the characters are, why they're on the boat they're at, why there's other weird stuff going on to the point where maybe I've just been spirits pilled. (laughs) But I definitely at one point thought, and I won't say if this theory came to fruition or not, I was convinced it was an allegory for the Greek pantheon. Ooh, interesting. They find an abandoned boat called the Prometheus. The Mm. boat thereon is a different spelling of Cerberus. Mm. And there's some like dad, father issues, maybe someone bringing someone down underneath like Hades ass stuff. Mm -hmm. Like definitely felt like it could be going that way. Does it? I won't say. (laughs) It's a really good show. Dark was a perfectly constructed time travel show. So wherever this goes in the later seasons, I have full faith that these people uh, know what they're doing. So so check out 1899 on Netflix today. That sounds awesome. A friend of Jake's at work was like, yeah, I watched it. It was very sad. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch sad. (laughs) I wouldn't describe it as very sad. There's definitely drama and unfortunate things happen, but I wouldn't describe it as like a sad show. 
Is it like nautical horror? Because I do quite like nautical horror. It's like abandoned ghost ship horror, but not like scary. More suspenseful than horror, I would say. More like abandoned spooky boat with creaks and cracks, but it's not like jump scary or like anything even close to what Dark does. Cool. And Dark was also not like the scariest show. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. just has a lot of scary moments in the first couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a lot of dread. I could definitely see myself like committing to watching it and just kind of, I was like live texting my sister who loved it and was just like delighting in my horror the yeah. whole time, um, which was a great way to experience it. Eric, my relationship with the show is that a few people talked to me about it and it took a few days for me to realize this was not 1883, the Yellowstone prequel about <laughs> the uh, frontier era West. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not that for sure. Yeah. In a yeah. lot of different ways. All right. What have you been drinking as you've been enjoying the show? Oh, you know, Christmas ale. It's that time. <laughs> Christmas bells, ding-a-ling. I don't remember the words of the song all of a sudden. Those are the words? It's some words and some Christmas songs. But yeah, I mean, every so often uh, I, I grab a six pack of different Christmas ales. Um, Shiner is one of the best ones. It's got like apricot in it. It's really good. So if you're looking for something that isn't as like hitch over the face with the spice, try Shiner's Christmas Ale. Eric, I've actually been drinking what you recommended to me a few months ago, which is the Southern Tier Creme Brulee Nitro Stout. Mm. I saw Julia drink this. On top of, usually I would get the pumpkin, but shout out to my local brewery, Blue Point Brewery. They had a pallet sale where I bought about 24 Big Mother pumpkins for $25. What? Whoa, that it was literally seems sale. illegal. Yeah. Uh, so I did that. And so now we are slowly making our way through those because they're Jake's favorite pumpkin beer. And I've been topping them off with the nitro stout like you recommended. And it does taste exactly like a pumpkin pie. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I have been really enjoying the winter blend of Down East Cider. It is incredibly crushable. It's so delicious. I've really been enjoying cider this year for whatever reason. And the winter blend, it just has like a light spice that I find really, really delicious. I'll have to check that out because I know you, you know ciders, Amanda, and I appreciate that. All right. Who's got an email for us? I have one called My Uncle Astro Projected to a Funeral. It's good. Eric, that's promising. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I figure let's read an email that is like maybe aspirational for me as an uncle. (laughs) Sure. Maybe one day I could astral project to a funeral. Right. This comes to us from Elizabeth and she writes, Hey, hi, hello. I have a plausible explanation story that still creeps me out. I think I buried this in my subconscious until your logical answers episode. So I will now get to share it with everyone. Yay. Growing up, we would go three to four times a year to visit my grandfather's family in West Virginia. It's a pretty large family, so lots of aunts, uncles, cousins, and kids of all ages. One uncle was a favorite of every child. He was technically my great-grandmother's brother, making him my grandfather's uncle, but we all called him Uncle Osborne. That always happens with aunts and uncles where it's like, you're technically a great first removed thing, but we'll just call you too uncle for the sake of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my cousin's kids call me aunt because uh, it's it's too much to get into. Yeah. Uncle Osborne was very distinctive in the family as he was born with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. Cool as hell. That is, uh, what, 24 digits right there. There you wow. go. Could count higher than any kid as a kid. (laughs) He could. Also, he contracted polio as a kid and lost the use of his legs below his knees. What life was like before the polio vaccine? Get vaccinated, everybody. 
Seriously. This person has a wild life. Good on him. Yeah. So here he was walking through life on his knees, the same height as every five to 10 year old kid with an amazing sense of humor. He was a big personality and well loved by everybody. He was also super close to his sister, my great grandmother. So our families were all very close. As life happens, my great grandmother passed away when I was in my early 20s. It had been a few years since I went and visited that side of the family. So it was bittersweet seeing everyone again. I was looking forward to catching Uncle Osborne up on my life, but I was told he wouldn't make it to the funeral as he was in the hospital with an illness. He was also in his 80s at the time. The night of the viewing, my very large extended family was standing around the funeral hall. And as I'm chatting with a cousin, I see Uncle Osborne walk through the door, walk upright and stand at the back of the room. The man who chased turkeys on his knees up mountains was standing upright on his feet at the back of the room. I immediately elbowed my older cousin to make sure I wasn't seeing things. He saw him too. Oh. We both went to our respective parents to confirm that Uncle Osborne was still in the hospital and he didn't make some miraculous recovery. Everyone confirmed that he was still 45 minutes or more away in his hospital. Secret twin. Secret twin. Secret twin. I was going to say, there is nothing that elderly relatives love more than hiding a secret twin. And uh, are you sure that wasn't the case? And then revealing it at a funeral. Yeah. That's where all the secrets come out at funerals. Listen, guys, if I, when I have a funeral one day, play out all your interpersonal drama there. I'm dead. I don't need it. It's it's an excellent setting for you to like unveil some long kept secret. I would love that. That's how you honor me in death, is revealing kept secrets. Yeah. And doing rituals to impress a date on my grave. Yeah. All the things to, to download this episode, set a reminder for <laughs> 70 years. Let's be hopeful. That's good. And then listen to this episode and make sure you do whatever Amanda's told you to do. <laughs> yes. Preserve your phone. Yeah. This is for our Gen Z listeners, because, you know, us millennial listeners will probably be a little too old to do any of this. Yeah. So who was this man at the back of the funeral home? Over the next few days, I brought it up to various family members. Some saw him there and some didn't. People suggested that it could have been a long distant cousin who looked a lot like him. Mm -hmm. I like to think he didn't want to miss out on family gatherings for the loss of his sister and projected him across the astral plane to be with us that night. He sadly did pass a short time later, and I didn't get to visit him before the end. Mm. So I like to think that it was his way of seeing us all one last time. He would love the saying, stay creepy, stay cool. Lots of love, Elizabeth. I'm sorry for your loss, Elizabeth, and I'm so glad you have such wonderful stories to remember him by. Well, my next email comes from Ginger, she, her, and it's titled Ghosts of Loma Mar, which is just, I know it's just Spanish, but it, it sounds really resonant. And I like the, I like the idea of being ghosts of Loma Mar, California. Ginger writes, hey, y'all, I have listened to the pod for ages and recently started marathoning the back catalog. I love it. And I kept on listening to the hometown urban legends, feeling sad I didn't have anything to contribute, or at least I couldn't think of anything. But then, as I flipped my Marie Callender's chicken pot pie onto my plate, while listening to the podcast, of course, I actually burned my hands on the oozing gravy because I suddenly remembered the ghost of my old dining hall. What a good description. <laughs> that, that is why I selected this email. I'm sorry that you burned your hands, but um, good, good choice of dinner. That sounds delicious. Extremely evocative. Yeah. My first job after college was at an outdoor school called Exploring New Horizons in the coastal mountains of San Mateo County, California. 
It's this weird zone between three major cities that's pretty untouched and inhabited mostly by organic farmers, old hippies, and young idealistic hippies, all living together in the redwoods and teaching about nature. Adorable. Guess which category I fall into. (laughs) The new one. So the land I lived on was in Loma Mar, which is a quote, town of about 160 to 170 people. If you ever read The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test by Tom Wolfe, you may know La Honda, California. Loma Mar is the next town over. These hills are full of freaky history. Every Monday, kids would arrive on a school bus, and all week we'd go for walks in nature, learn all the pretty science things, then head back to their hometowns on Friday. There were two, quote, villages of cabins, a boys' village and a girls' village, and in between them, atop a big hill, was, all caps, or capitalized, like, sentence case, the old dining hall. Nice. (laughs) My first year living there, I'd heard stories about the building being haunted. I don't live close to the Vale and don't experience things of the supernatural order, really ever. But it's fun to entertain these types of stories. What's also fun is that I'd heard the building was haunted by a benevolent spirit, specifically the old cook. And there would be times when walking past the old dining hall, you'd smell the unmistakable scent of maple syrup. And the weird thing is, it was almost never in the same spot. Sometimes when I was on call, after letting our high school volunteers have some time off at night, I would walk up to the old dining hall between 11.30 and midnight. For some reason, that's where our emergency phone was, and then in parentheses, why, why? <laughs> and I had to spend a couple minutes writing the important info on a whiteboard. This is a very remote place with no cell service and barely any Wi-Fi in our office, so a landline was necessary for context. I was going to say, I think if I was going to pick the occupation of a ghost to haunt an area cook or chef would be like one of my number one picks because of the cool ghost smells. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like I want to like walk past a cafeteria and I'm like, ooh, I smell marinara and I know no one's making marinara. (laughs) Do you want that? Because then there's no marinara. Listen. I I mean, I'm mostly I'm asking for Jake because I imagine (laughs) if Jake smells some marinara, there's no marinara. He's just going to be sad for a little bit. Eric, I live in a place where when the wind blows the right way, my whole yard smells like bread. So I can't get the bread. It's in a factory that's like blocks away. And it's not Mm. like I could just go buy fresh bread from them. So I love that. But also I understand the pain of it. And so, yes, I want to smell marinara even if I can't eat the marinara. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Julia, I feel like you're good at turning like inspirations and food cravings into things that you actually do make. So I think, if anything, it would just sort of inspire your meals for that week. That's true and mm. fair. Thank you. Mm. It's a very kind thing to say. It's true. It's true. I don't know why, but every time I had to go up to the cafeteria, I always felt like I had to get out of there as quickly as possible. As the years went on, the building's dilapidated state became hard to ignore, so they decided it was time to renovate and restore it. It is now a gorgeous building with a big, beautiful deck overlooking the canyon. And curiously, all the smells of maple syrup are gone. Hmm. Not long after the repairs finished, I was chatting with the camp cook, who also lived on site. We talked a lot because I was responsible for passing along dietary needs of the campers each week. And one day I walked into the kitchen and I overheard her talking to her staff about, quote, her ghost was knocking stuff off the shelves again last night. God dang. I guess this was a common occurrence that had started shortly after, you guessed it, the old dining hall, now titled, by the way, the Legacy Lodge, (laughs) had been finished. Is it the same spirit of the cook trying to find a new place to belong, vacating its old kitchen to reside with a fellow chef? I don't know but I like to think that it is. I really like the idea that it moved because it was like, well, this isn't a kitchen anymore. What am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) Called it the Legacy Lodge? That's silly. (laughs) I'm just trying to cook pans, but these are just shelves. (laughs) (laughs) 
Right. Again, like ghosts are patterns and where the stove was, Erica, I think that's brilliant. Like if it's a shelf now, you're trying to move stuff around, change a burner, it's going to disrupt everything. Brilliant might be a little bit much. I appreciate the comment. I don't know if it was brilliant. <laughs> Listen, the spirit of Linda is still inhabiting me. I'm just having a really good time on this episode. Linda's so positive. We love it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm taking the compliment. I'm just saying it might be a little much. Yeah. Linda compliments the part of your outfit that you're most excited about whenever you mm. see her. Damn. That's that's awesome. I love that for Linda. Also, all I can think about now are phantom pancakes. Phantom pancakes. <laughs> phantom pancakes. You know what? I know our last apartment, whenever you cooked on the opposite like angle of the house in the front stairwell, which is on the opposite wall of our kitchen in our last apartment, the smell of whatever we cooked would seep in there. It's very weird because you'd like cook pancakes and then you take the dogs out and you would smell pancakes as you re-entered the stairwell, but like not in the living room. Like it only, it somehow moved telepathically, that's not right, from the kitchen to the stairwell, but missed all of those zones in between there. Like it never made any sense. It was like, it was, it was a phantom smell, but we knew where Where it it came from, from, just not how it got there. Interesting. Yeah, that really reminds me of the first few years at the Multitude Studio, where the building is an old pencil factory, and there are like huge, like three foot wide beams making up the ceilings and like structural support of the building. It's very beautiful, but it also means that uh, we cannot guess how sound transports from one room to another. Like inside the studio, there is noise not from our neighbors on either side, not from people across the hall, not from the people above not from the people below, but by people around the corner and two offices down because of just the way sound transmits through wood versus metal. Like it is bananas. That's wild. All right, let's finish up with Ginger. There are many other stories about the hauntings of Loma Mar passed around as new people come to live and work on the land. As I mentioned before, creepy stuff doesn't really happen to me, but I lived there for five years, so it was kind of inevitable something would happen. Nothing too scary. Things like lights behaving weirdly, trash cans falling over spontaneously, and walkie-talkies making strange sounds. But for three of those years, I dated a man who does live very close to the Vale. I'd love this uh, expression, by the way. Mm-hmm. I know I, it makes total sense. I don't know why it's striking me as like particularly delightful today, but no, it's a good one. It's very good. He lived and worked in another very creepy place. Any guesses? An old morgue. Julia, not bad. Not far. A cemetery. Okay. Two on the nose. Too creepy. Mm. Mm. Haunted bar. Getting there. Old was right. Uh, let's think about a beacon. Let's think about... Lighthouse. Lighthouse, lighthouse, lighthouse! That's right. The dream job. He lived and worked in an old lighthouse. Incredible. That place was super scary and haunted as shit. Oh boy. He saw and felt things all the time, and there was a building that I straight up refused to enter when I went to his place. His place being, just to remind you, an old lighthouse with a hot tub on the cliff. Super rad. Miss those days. That's so cool. My aunt married a lighthouse keeper. Which aunt? Maria. Whoa. That makes sense. It's a nautical name, Maria. It is. (laughs) It sounds like it belongs in a sea shanty, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Also like Marina. Yeah. Maria, Marina. Yeah. Important update from Ginger, kind of bearing the lead here. I sent him your podcast, and I really hope he writes in with his stories of the lighthouse. Please. Yes. He'd often get off work late and drive 20 minutes up the windy road into the redwoods to stay over with me. And many nights he'd crawl into bed saying things like, I just saw something weird, to which I'd respond, tell me in the morning. Yeah, don't tell me right now. I'm about to go to sleep. Now, as people responsible for the safety and well-being of children, the staff at Exploring New Horizons didn't really talk about the fact that there were haunting stories at Loma Mar. 
And yet many kids would talk about sightings of ghosts in the trees or even in their cabins on their own. One parent wrote in telling us her daughter saw a ghost in her cabin two nights in a row. Whoa. And it was just staring at her, not doing anything else. As a naturalist, I'm inclined to comfort people about the creepy noises they hear in the dark. There was so much wildlife out there. We had owls, foxes, bobcats, mountain lions, and coyotes. Coyotes, by the way, are particularly creepy. Yeah, those all make weird noises. I get you. Yeah, and Ginger adds, common names for coyotes, by the way, are song dog or my creepy favorite, whisper dog, because they do make truly bananas sounds. And their cubs do it a lot, where it sounds like children whispering nonsense. Oh no, I hate and love that. She says, I tried to find recordings of it, but it is really hard to find. But I promise you, I've heard it and it is very, very unsettling. What's worse, I once saw coyote pups behind a cabin, which I knew to be full of kids. And I hope the kids were asleep because otherwise they will have nightmares for the rest of your lives. And then finally, Ginger signs off by, we haven't seen this before, signs off not with a stay creepy, stay cool, but with a, a compelling question. Okay. Oh boy. Ginger signs off by saying, but... How can you use nature to explain away a ghostly apparition staring at you in your bed two nights in a row? Dot, 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 question mark. Oof. Hmm. I don't know a ton about nature. My instinct is psychedelic mushrooms. (laughs) Always an option. That would do it. Julia, I was thinking about mushrooms, too. Is there a mushroom that smells of maple syrup or a mold? Because that was my only thought regarding the old dining hall, that maybe there was like a a fungus that we did not want in the walls that somehow smelled of mushroom. You know what, Amanda? There is. There's one that's called the candy cap. Oh. And it typically kind of smells like maple syrup, but really only when it's dried. Oh. So I don't know how... Likely it is that you're smelling it in the woods, but like it's always a possibility. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Well, thank you, Ginger. Well, Amanda, with the idea of explaining ghosts away with nature, next time you're in the woods and you smell maple syrup, remember, stay creepy. Stay cool. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us in your urban legends and your advice from folklore questions at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, for all kinds of behind-the-scenes goodies. Just a dollar gets you access to audio extras with so much more, like recipe cards, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic, for every single episode, director's commentaries, real physical gifts, and more. We are a founding member of Multitude, an independent podcast collective and production studio. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. Above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please text one friend about us. That's the very best way to help keep us growing. Thanks for listening to Spirits. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.